Good morning and welcome to a Saturday morning, December the 4th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, and we welcome you to our regular Saturday morning edition. As you know, uh, Pastor is, uh, last Saturday began the Grace series and and we're going to continue that today it may it may go for another weekend before we finish it uh and then we got some special uh additions planned for you uh around christmas time so be sure to tune in then uh, but uh, before we go any further today before pastor gets started i need to uh, issue an official apology to all of our listeners for last saturday uh, we, we missed Lucas Doremus's session. We had some. We, we recorded the session, uh, but we had some technical difficulties uh, that would not allow us to download uh, what we had recorded. And uh, instead of redoing the whole thing, uh, and we had to send some equipment out to be repaired. Uh, instead of trying to jump through those hoops, uh, we decided to go ahead and, and probably re-air it maybe maybe tonight so we're, we're probably just going to redo last week's session tonight at about 7 or 7 30 and uh, and so we will have that ready for you uh sometime tonight around oh uh, i'm guessing about 9 p.m uh central time so uh, be ready for that tonight um until then uh Enjoy what Pastor is going to be laying down for us today on on grace, God's grace. Do we fully understand it? And uh, uh, I think most Christians get get grace and mercy confused. We've talked about that, and so Pastor is going to clear a lot of that up, and then and plus embellish uh, with a lot of other great information on grace. And we're going to be in First Peter, so. Folks, get your note-taking utensils ready because here he is, Pastor Dick Chamberlain, The Grace Series. Pastor, it's all yours. Thank you, Curtis. Yes, we're in 1 Peter. And um, first, first Peter, now we talked about Peter and his foibles, how he, how he doubted the Lord Jesus Christ, how he disputed with the Lord Jesus Christ, how he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, my goodness, did anyone, was anyone in more need of grace than, than Peter was? And yet God gave him the, uh, God chose Peter to write this epistle, which is all about grace. In the book of 1 Peter, we find the word grace itself mentioned eight times. And if you add the word gracious, it's nine times we see the word grace. And so we started uh, we started our podcast last week talking about the foibles of Peter. And we got into uh, 1 Peter, the text itself. And um, we've got about a 10-point message here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we, we gave you the first three points. And the first one was the system of grace. And you see that in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, the first two verses. Uh, and especially verse 2, it says, We are elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And so God the Father is involved 
in the system of grace, God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit. And there's the second person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's involved in the system of grace. And it says, um, so it says the sanctification of the Spirit. And then it says, under the obedience of the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the third person that's involved in the system of grace. And we know he's talking about that because he ends uh, verse 2 of chapter 1 with this, with this sentence, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. And so that's the system of grace. Then we got to um, chapter 1 and, uh, and it talks about the salvation through grace. He says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. And so we see point number two, uh, salvation by grace. The book of Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, my, one of my favorite passages, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves not by works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so uh, salvation is by grace. Peter plainly states it in verses 9 and 10. And then we got to the sobriety of grace in, in the chapter 1, verse 13. And he says here, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober. That didn't mean to lay off the booze. The word sober means to be sound-minded, to be right-minded. He said, be, be sober and hope to the end. Now, the word hope means be confident to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we see the system of grace. We've talked about salvation by grace. And we're talking about the sobriety of grace. Be sound-minded. Folks, the only way you can really be sound-minded is to be in the Word of God and follow its tenets, understand the doctrines, and believe it and, and practice it. That's how you can be sober-minded, sound-minded. Then we see the savor of grace. What? Oh, yeah. The savor of grace. Look at uh, uh, chapter 2, uh, verses 2 and 3. It says here, Wherefore, and <laughs> I love this one, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and evil speakings, knock off that stuff. Stop it. Stop it. And then he says this, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. <laughs> and that's the savor of grace. Yeah. Curtis, I'll never forget the day you were born. It was in Methodist Hospital. 
your mom was having difficulty. The doctor came out and told me that uh, you were going to be born breech. They couldn't turn you around and, and, and you were born backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, your body contained the bruises for, for oh, a good week, to two weeks. Um, but I can remember something about you. You were, you were born a crier. You cried. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the only thing that would satisfy you <laughs> is if, we, if we fed you, you couldn't cry while you were drinking milk. And, and it dawns on that's why uh, newborn babies cry so frequently is because Usually. they're hungry. And that's the only thing they can have that'll help them to grow. And so, so Peter says it, God, God dictated this word to, to Peter. He said, as newborn babes. So you need to come to the Lord, come to his word, just like a newborn babe who's thirsty, who needs to have the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's the only way you're going to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Helpless like a newborn baby. Yeah. And now that I'm saying that, uh, that's the only way you can grow is by by reading the Word of God and, and letting the Holy Spirit guide you and help you to understand it and, and get yourself under the teaching of a good pastor as early as you can. Get your kids in Sunday school. You get there, take them there, and and, um, and help them to grow and yourself. Or turn into the Christian Underground News Network. Or turn into the... <laughs> now, remember, understand this. Uh, don't let this be a substitute for uh, 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 going to a local church. No. The book of Hebrews says very plainly, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is that? <laughs> the end of all things. Yeah. And it's getting closer and closer and closer. And we in America today in the political atmosphere uh, we know that it's getting closer and closer and closer. People are fighting and belly aching and lying and, and, um, and, and it's happened, you know, it's been happening down through the centuries, but it's, it, it's intensifying. And so when these things begin to come to pass, Luke says, uh, look up for your redemption, draw nigh. So we're glad you're listening in. And we hope that, and we hope the goodness that, that you're, that you're approaching our studies as a newborn babe crying for the milk of the word. And that's the savor of the word. Oh, let me give you two other uh, passages, uh, both in the Psalms. The psalmist said in two places, oh, taste of the Lord that he is good. Oh, my goodness. Get a good bite of the word of God that's given by the Lord himself as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Curtis, I've written a little booklet called 
full of grace and truth. That's right. And I keep going back to the Gospel of John, where he wrote in uh, in the first chapter said, "And the Word was made. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God." And then later on, in a couple of verses later, it says, "And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory." as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Right. And this is what we're trying to promote with this podcast. Mm -hmm. The grace of God through the truth of God, the word of God. And our website is, uh, is entitled, What Says the Scriptures? That's right. And that's what we're always going to do. Uh, I, I promise you that. It You're always going to get the word of God. That's right. That's right. But those these things about those two things about Jesus, full of grace and truth. Okay, that's the savor of grace. Let's look at First uh, Peter, chapter three, verse seven. Before we read that, how's your prayer life, folks? Do you pray every day? Do you thank the Lord for what He's given to you? Do you ask? the Lord for what you need. Well, you ought to have a pretty steady prayer life because where do all, where does everything come from? Who created the, the whole shebang? Mm -hmm. God did. That's right. God did. And so, and by the way, he's a, he's the God of all grace. And we're going to talk about that in, in a few minutes. Uh, so first um, Peter chapter three, Verse seven. Well, let, let, I got to read, <laughs> uh, read to get up to the preceding verses. Chapter three. Context, 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 context. It's talking about the relationship between a husband and wife. And it says um, uh, it's talking about the husband should love his own own wife. And he says, um, um, he says, likewise, you wives. Be in subjection to your own husbands. Oh, you don't like that? Well, let me just say this. I'm only telling you what God says here. Uh, I have a wife that's strong-willed, strong-minded. And, and let me tell you something. you got a strong personality. And, uh, but... I must also tell you that that uh, even when we have differences, in the final analysis, she's a person of the word, and she believes this. Well, likewise, you wives be sub in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Oh, you have a bad husband. You got that that you that you're having difficulty with sub be in subjection to him just as if you would to the Lord. And that says that they also may without the word be won by the conversation or a way of life way of, of life. the wives right. while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, which, which means respect. respect. 
And who, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on apparel. See, that's not the real beauty of women. The real beauty of women is what's inside of her. And, and that's what verse 4 says. But let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Now, are you getting this? For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Oh, that's pretty tough. (laughs) But but here's the... the, the, uh, Uh, The ribbon on the box, folks. Young ladies, listen to this. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Hey, man, are you in the book? Do you read your Bible? Do you study it? Do you obey it? Yes. Do you practice it? It says... uh, Likewise, you husbands dwell with them, the wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Wow. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. You're together. The Bible says when you marry, you become one flesh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like my body treated severely. Amen. I'm not going to let my wife be treated that way. Amen. And but 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 wait a minute, that's not the kicker. It says, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, and here's the purpose: that your prayers be not hindered. Yep. And that's the sanctif- that's the that's the supplication of grace. Hebrews chapter eleven verse sixteen says that you're to come boldly to the throne of grace that you might find help in the time of need. What's your prayer life like? Are your prayers not being answered? Well, let's get First Peter chapter three right. Wives, be in submission. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Come on, let's do it. And why? Because you're heirs together of the grace of life and you to be this way, that your prayers, your supplications be not hindered. So many prayers are not being answered because you don't realize what grace is all about. Okay, that's supplication in grace. Wow. I'm I'm having so much fun. I don't think I'm going to get through all of this, Curtis. (laughs) I'm not terribly surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not either. Um, Next time, the next time grace is mentioned in uh, uh, 1 Peter is um, in chapter 4, verse 10. Let's read this. 
as every man hath received the gift. What gift? Well, the gift of salvation, the gift of the word of God, gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, the gift of being able to understand the word of God, the gift of maybe being able to present the word of God publicly. As every man hath received the gift. And remember, you go back to our podcast on gifts. Everybody has a gift. Every, every believer has a gift. It says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. We're stewards, Curtis. Yes, we are. Dear, dearly beloved, if you're listening, if you're saved, you are a steward of grace. You know what the steward means? It means you're an overseer. You're the administrator on earth of God's grace under the gift that he's given you. Uh, Curtis, you remember, uh, um, I spent most of my early married life uh, working in the printing trades. Yep. I worked at four different print shops. Mm -hmm. Now, at various times in my life, um, one of the reasons that, uh, uh, that I moved from job to job is because uh, if, if, if the company, and by the way, these are major print shops, big ones. And I would go, if, if, the, if the pay was better someplace else, I wanted to go there because I had house payments, I had car payments, I had kids to feed, and uh, I wanted to be able to, to do that, pay the bills. And in every one of these printing places, they had different departments. Of course, there was the front office, and they dealt with the paying the bills and so forth. Uh, and then there was the, uh, the department that I worked in, was it called the preparation department, the prep department, we called it. And, and in every prep department I worked in, and that's how where I worked, and dealt with producing the film that would make the plates and producing the plates that would go to the press room. And then after we were done with it, it went to a different department. And all of these departments had a foreman. And that foreman was to oversee all of the work that was done in his department. He was, in fact, a steward. Well, now that you're saved, now that you've received gifts, now you're a steward or an overseer of the, the grace that God has given you. And much of this has to do with the family, but also it has to do with pastors and teachers in, in the local church. And we're going to get to that uh, in, in, this, uh, in this series. And so we're stewards or foremen or overseers of the grace of God. It says we're to minister, we're to serve. A steward is an overlord and a servant. Who does he serve? He serves the one who owns the business. In this case, it's God. God is the boss. We're the stewards. We're to take care of what God has given to us, oversee it and minister it. That's our job. That's why we're doing this podcast. I'm 81 years old now. 
Um, and uh, in just a little over six months, I'll be 82 years old. Uh, it's difficult for me uh, to be a, a pastor and oversee uh, a church of 100 or 200 or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, however, I've been a pastor, but I've never forgotten um, that I'm to, to still be a minister wherever I am in whatever situation God puts me. And that's what God's grace says to you. We're to be good stewards of God's grace. Let's, let's look at the next verse. Let's go to, um, oh, first uh, Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. Oh, I love this chapter. Over the years, it's become my favorite chapter. Do you have a favorite chapter, Curtis? I do. Which one is it? Well, I love Psalm 119, but only because, not because of the length, uh, but because of the, the content. Yeah. Of, of about three quarters of it, it is just, is, uh, well, it's, it's application to life stuff. You know, over 180 times. Yeah. In 176 verses. The word of God is mentioned. Right. Psalm 119. That's one that's of my, really what it's all about. That's one of my favorites. That's for sure. You know that in out of 176 verses, there are only three verses in that psalm that do not mention the word of God, but support a yeah, verse yes. that previously said oh, something about no, the no, word no, of no. God. And so, and so, um, uh, I, I, I tell you, I, I, I love First Peter chapter five um, because it's written to the elders i also love romans chapter 8 let me throw that in there but oh romans chapter Psalm 119 8. is at the top of the list yeah, yeah that's the word chapter romans chapter 8 is the holy spirit chapter 18 times yeah. holy spirit's men mentioned in romans chapter 8 and so is the love of god yes you got that right okay so let's continue boy i like to go on these little rabbit trails occasionally <laughs> don't you yeah, yeah. I have a good time with it, but I hope, folks, that you have uh, a good time to, with it, too. First Peter chapter 5 says, The elders which are among you, I exhort. Now, the elders, he's talking to pastors and teachers and, and leaders in the local assembly. And he says this, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory. He saw the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. You want to read Matthew 17, verse 1 and following, you will see that uh, that uh, he uh, that's the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw Jesus Christ in his resurrected body. He said, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, he was there with him for three years on, on the earth, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. One of these days, we're going to see Jesus as he is. Um, first John tells us this, that, uh, it says, beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he does appear, we should be like him for we shall see him as he is. Ah, I love you. Another, I love this, another rabbit trail. And then it says, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight there of not by constraint, but willingly not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Pastors and teachers, are you listening? And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth 
not away. Oh my goodness. I love the way it starts. And it continues. And it says this in verse five, likewise, you younger. Now he's exhorting the, uh, the younger people, the people who are new in the faith. You younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subjected one to another and be clothed with humility. Oh, my goodness. That's the subjection part of it. Clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. That's right. And so that's the subjection to grace. That means you need to be humble in all things. Uh, preachers, don't, don't you do this for, uh, for filthy lucre. That's right. No. Um, but do it of a ready mind. Study. That's why I study, because we do this every Saturday. Yeah. And I've done teaching and preaching as a pastor, as an adult teacher. I've taught every, every age group in Sunday school over the years. And every time I had to study to be ready yeah. to be able to teach them. Yeah. We, I, was, I had to feed the flock of God. And the best way to do that is this, to have humility. Verse six of our text says here, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. Wow, is grace something? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Teaches you a lot. So that was being subject to grace. And I see we're out of time for our first half hour. And we'll be back in a moment.